Is hij? Ja! Ja! Daar is Klaassen. Goal! Hello and welcome to podcast 72 from Football Anya, your home of Dutch football. As usual, we're available via YouTube, SoundCloud and iTunes. I'm Michael Statham and I'm with Mike Bell, the Football Aranya founder and editor, to discuss the situation with Dutch clubs at the moment. How is the coronavirus pandemic affecting Dutch clubs across the pyramid? But also a look back on the Eredivisie season that has just been. Who are our standout players from the season? We hope you enjoy the podcast. Do make sure to leave it a like if you enjoy listening to our podcast and subscribe if you're new. Enjoy. Mike, good to talk to you again about um, Dutch football. There's obviously not a lot of actual football going on at the minute, but we're starting to see some of the um, after effects of the Netherlands' decision to call off professional sport in the Netherlands until September the 1st. So that, of course, does mean no Eredivisie football can occur in August. We have to wait until September. That brings up a whole lot of issues, which I think we'll talk about in a moment. Also for listeners, we're going to be giving our Eredivisie team of the season a bit later too, so stay tuned for that. But first of all, Mike, one of the big sort of shocking bits of news that happened in the last couple of weeks was Ronald Koeman's health. He had some heart problems and was rushed into hospital. What's the latest on that? Is he well? Yeah, so I mean, we were all shocked last Sunday when the news came out that he'd been rushed to hospital. Um, thankfully, it quickly turned out that you know, he was in a stable condition and yeah he released a statement in midweek saying that he was totally fine he felt healthy he's back home now after a few days in hospital and um, i mean he's raring to go even though the knvb said you know, he can have as much time as he wants until to recover until he's, he's back healthy again so yeah it's a relief that he's he's now fine but it's just one to watch because you know he had you know the heart problems and um, after going on a long cycle so yeah he just needs to take it easy and then Watch his space, but luckily he's, he's feeling fine and he's all stable. And yeah, it's a big scare for all Dutch football fans, especially his family and those who know him. Um, but luckily he's, he's back fit now. That is a relief. And also a relief that he has the summer to sort of recover and monitor his health rather than having to worry about Euro 2020, which of course would have been um, only weeks away at this point. So it's lucky that he gets to um, properly recover. So, of course, no Dutch football now till September the 1st. There's been a lot of um, backlash from clubs. Firstly, firstly, there was like Ajax's reaction, oh, we don't get the Eredivisie title. Dyson Tadic came out and was quite vocal about that. For me, that's not um, a massive issue with Dutch football. I think that was only um, a minor uh, complaint that Ajax can have. I think that they should be really pleased with perhaps getting the automatic Champions League spot. And RZ uh, getting the... Champions League qualifying spot is probably a good way of resolving the season. I know that they, that RZ haven't come out and complained about it, perhaps because they are just pleased to be qualifying from the Champions League. Um, but then looking low down the table, there has been a lot of media reaction to Kamba and De Gaafsap, the two clubs at the top of the Erste Divisie. In our last podcast, we discussed um, what could happen with that situation because, of course, they've been denied promotion. And Arda Den Haag and Eka Sivarvik were stranded at the bottom of the Eredivisie table coming towards the end of the season. So um, there's been legal cases put in by these two Erste Divisie clubs. Uh, and before we head to a couple of questions about this, Mike, what's your take on the situation? And why can't there be 
20 Eredivisie clubs next season in the Eredivisie. The KNVB, KNVB has come out and said that it would be an irresponsible decision to do that. But wouldn't that solve both of the problems of keeping those clubs in danger in the Eredivisie safe uh, because of the situation, but also giving the two clubs in Ursa Divisie the reward that they deserve? Yes, it's a really difficult one because I think, you know, other leagues have come out since like France, they decided that there would be a champion and there would be relegation. So it's, it's a strange one because if you look at the Eredivisie table and the way it was, um, RKSA were doomed. I mean, they were going down and there was no way that Adel Den Haag were going to stay up as well. Um, Cambour and the Grass Gap were ahead of everyone else in the Eredivisie Divisie as well. So, I mean, it was a strange decision to then say no. Um, a lot of the clubs were open to a 20-team league, but yeah, the KNVB is just sticking to their guns and saying it's not possible, it's not possible in the schedule. Um, that happened during the, the core battle on Friday, which will find out results within two weeks. The KNVB were stuck to their guns and said, look, 20 teams just isn't, isn't possible, it's not something that we can do. There was even talk from you know, some of the clubs saying, why don't you just scrap the KNVB Cup for a year and that opens up the schedule. Um, and the KNVB said no. Uh, that's a prestigious competition that they need to do every year. So that w they weren't willing to do that. There's obviously a European Championship coming up next summer. They weren't willing to extend the league. Um, for me, I don't know why they couldn't shorten the winter break um, by at least a week and fit in some more midweek games because that's one thing about Eredivisie is there's not very many midweek games. And, you know, it's not a guarantee that all five clubs who get into Europe will reach Europe. So, I mean, it's not as if all of them are going to be busy midweek. So, I mean, it's only an extra couple of games for each club. And um, I think the KMV should have been more open to it. I don't think it's very fair on the graphs of Cambour. And I can totally understand why they're taking legal action. Whether it will succeed, I have to wait and see. Um, if it doesn't succeed, I guess the, the KMVB will have to compensate them financially. But I think for me, I would have rather seen Canberra and the Graf Scap in the league, um, whether that be 20 teams or relegating Adwar RKC. I think that either way, whatever decision the KMVB took, there was always going to be legal action, I think. RKC and Adwar and Hag would have sued them if they had gone down. You know, there's still talk of Utrecht going to a legal battle with them, but that looks to be doomed after UEFA backed their decision to give the fifth place to the Berlin way. I think it's, it's a messy situation. I feel sorry for the clubs that aren't getting promoted, but, you know, for the KNVB as well, it's, it's, it's tough because this is unprecedented to try to solve something that's never happened before. Um, it's always going to be clubs that are unhappy, and sadly it's the, it's the little ones that are getting done over again this time um, and we'll just wait and see if the court battle succeeds and we'll get that result within the next couple of weeks. A question from Grant asked, how does adding another game to the Eredivisie schedule each week make a too compact schedule? I feel the second division clubs deserve promotion so why is a 20-team league even with a shortened calendar not possible? Well Grant, I, Mike's answered some of those points already and uh, I might just further that because of course you're starting the Eredivisie season almost a whole month later. I think you're having to look at uh, cancelling international matches to bring back a couple of weeks into the calendar. 
I wonder if that's something that could be arranged and then you have the international matches in March still standing in preparation for the Euros. It's not that essential for the Netherlands to be playing these matches in September and November. There will be Euro qualifying matches, um, the playoffs to be sorted out, but that's something for the future to, to sort out. With regards to Combo and Dakar's up, yeah, if they came up, it would make it difficult. I guess the midweek matches would be a way to solve it. It would be a way to... Why, why, why don't we have midweek matches, say, the first four weeks of the season? Because the, the players will be so keen and well-rested to come back to the Eredivisie season. We could have back-to-back -back midweek matches to be in the campaign. I don't think you'll see the Champions League and Europa League group stages beginning um, come that stage of the season. So there'll be some time freed up. I think that there are there are ways around this. I do realise that Euro 2021 will be uh, coming up at the end of that season, so you're going to have to really compress all of the games into a short period of time. But it would be a way to solve the problem. I think ultimately, had the Eredivisie not gone to a double relegation, double automatic promotion, you may well have seen Arkese go down and Combo go up. But I think with it being two places each, there was perhaps room for clubs to put a run together or for their run to fall apart and um, that's perhaps why it hasn't happened in the end yeah i think the 20 week situation i think a lot of clubs are behind it and you've got to look at somewhere like england where they have a 20 week and they have two cup competitions as well they have the league cup and the fa cup and they still manage to fit it in and their teams are always in europe to the later stages so i think it's just a bit of an excuse from the kmvb um, to say that it can't happen um yeah, I think for me, a 20 week would have been the easiest way to solve it. I mean, if that means that they only wanted it for one season, they could have increased the relegation for for next year. You know, have four teams going down to make it back to 18. Um, but yeah, I think that we'll, we'll wait and see what happens in the next couple of weeks. Maybe the decision will get reversed. Maybe the KMVB will back down. I doubt it. I think the KMVB will probably end up winning this court battle. Um, and it'll stick with them and they'll stick to an 18 team week but i think it's yeah it's just unfair on on canberra and the grass gap who've done well all season and looking forward to being back in the top fight and the money that comes with that and they're now going to lose out on all that cam on twitter asked um about these two clubs as well uh he also asked about whether the netherlands would help teams that may declare bankruptcy and I saw on um, in the news this week that there's going to be 35 million euros given by the Eredivisie for Dutch clubs. Uh, how does that work, Mike? It's not from, yeah, it's from the Dutch clubs, but basically all the coaches, players, some of the staff um, have all agreed to a wage decrease. It's not mandatory, so you don't have to do it, but it's expected that all the clubs will do it. So players will hand in a section of their salary um, the more they earn, the more they, they give. Um, and they worked that out that the players giving up, say, 15% of their salary would save the clubs 35 million um, overall the next year to deal with the cost of not having fans. This basically scheme only runs till December and it would stop as soon as fans were allowed back in the stadium. Um, but we've had the health minister come out in the Netherlands and say that he doesn't think fans are going to be allowed in stadiums until there's a vaccine. Um, and that could take 
longer than a year, so you're looking at next season being without Total Health our fans, so clubs are looking at every single way that they can save money. You know, you've got the KNVB pledging funds and they've asked the Dutch government for up to 300 million and back in to, to help them. You had a few weeks ago, all the Dutch internationals from the women's team, the main team in under 21s, donating money to a fund to help the, the clubs that are hardest hit by this. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes to try and save money. I think the main thing right now is, is players giving up their salary. We'll see if that means that that continues into December when the league starts again. Um, because there's certain players that are going to get hit by that a lot more than others. Um, the Dutch media, yes, they I think focused on Daily Blind, who is one of the highest earners in their division. He's going to be giving up millions um, because of this. So yeah. Um, again, it's not mandatory, so some of the players could say no, but it's expected that a lot of them will try and help their clubs out by handing in a part of their salary. You are right, it is going to affect a lot of the clubs lower down the Eredivisie and into the Eredivisie. One club that it will perhaps affect the least is Ajax. They have a lot of money in the bank. They also uh, have plans still to buy players this summer. I think it may have changed some of their transfer targets. Um, a question from JD. If the players who have been promised that to leave Ajax this summer do leave Ajax, how big is a rebuilding job ahead of them? I'm assuming then that JD is referring to um, Andre Anana. Uh, Hakim Ziyech is already, of course, leaving. Donny van der Beek is rumoured to be leaving. I think we're going to cover a question on him in just a moment. And also Tagliafico, um, their exceptional left-back. How big is that rebuilding job, Mike? Do they have players already there to replace these top players or are they going to have to look into the transfer market? I think that, you know, Ajax have always got players that can come in, um, but I think they are definitely going to have to go into the, the transfer market, especially if Onana leaves. Um, they're not going to sign Varela on a permanent deal, so then they need a goalkeeper coming in. I think, you know, Sherpin can act as number two, but then who's number one? Um, you know, we've had rumours of Sillison coming back, but then you know, Valencia looking for twenty million for him, which I don't think is feasible for, for Ajax at the moment. Then you got Marco Bizo being linked from AZ Alkmaar. We'll see if he'd be willing to leave to go to Ajax. Um, yeah, Tagliafico, you don't really have a second left back at the club. And um, even down in Young Ajax, you've got Castillo, who's only on loan from from Chelsea. So maybe have to look at a left back, I guess. The number one target again would be from AZ. You'll probably find out. Um, but we need to see again funds. Are they going to be there for that? I know Ten Hag came out recently and said that he feels his squad's big enough to cover all positions that could leave. Um, so we need to wait and see. But I think Van der Beek, you do have players that can replace him. Um, you've got a new signing, Anthony, who you know has been called ZX replacement, but I think he could probably play at number 10 if you had Neres. And promise on the wings, and um, then you've got Jurgen Mikellenkamp as well. You could come into that position and play a bit further forward. So I think they have the players to replace Donny van de Beek, whether they're the right quality, you need to wait and see. Um, but I think it's not just Ajax that are in this situation. I think all the big clubs in the Netherlands will have to look at selling at least one of their players this summer. You know, PSV could look at selling Dumfries. Um, if Malin wasn't injured, he'd probably be away, you know, Feyenoord, you've got the possibility of them selling Veracruz, which would be very hard for them to replace. 
um, amazed at Alkmaar, you know, they've reached the Champions League, but are they going to have to sell somebody at Dresde or, or Bizo or, or Vindal? Cute Miners is getting linked to a lot of English clubs. I think a lot of clubs in the Netherlands will struggle with transfers this summer. Uh, I think they'll want to save as much money as they can for many player sales, and they'll be looking at their academies and seeing who can, who can step up. I think in that regard, AZ and then Ajax are probably the, the teams that are going to benefit the most because they've got the better academies. And Feyenoord have actually a lot of youngsters who are out on loan last season are coming back. So yeah, I think they're in a good position. It's just PSV, who's young, side aren't that good. Um, we'll see when we see what happens with them. But I think um, it's going to be a quiet transfer window this year. I think we'll see players going, but not very many coming in because Cubs will be looking to, to save that money. Dutch clubs have never really spent loads and loads of money in the transfer market. I think Ajax would be pleased that they got Anthony signed and ready to go for next season early on. I do think Ajax need to sign another striker. They haven't really had a reliable um, source of goals all season in terms of like from that central striker's berth. Tadic has played there in parts and done okay. Not as well as the season before, though, of course. Huntelaar is getting very old. His contract is running out. Traore has come in and he's a young prospect. I think he'd be a good number two, but I think there needs to be a number one choice striker at Ajax. But yeah, Neres, Premes and Anthony in attacking midfield is a very exciting prospect to have. It was actually um, quoted in, in the news this week, Neres is sort of looking ahead to next season. So he's not thinking about leaving. And I'm sure he won't want to leave as well. He probably has unfinished business at Ajax. This was meant to be his last season with the club. But of course, with injuries, that's kind of um, taken this season out of the equation. So he's been put back a whole year in his development, I think. Um, as for van der Beek, I do think that Ajax's midfield will be fine when he leaves. I think there's enough talent there in the academy to keep it going. Um, Gravenberg, I think, will be the answer in defence midfield. But then, yeah, the, the defence, I don't think they stand to lose too much. Their left-back can be replaceable, though, and I think in goal as well. I think it's just they're just two positions that I think Ajax can afford to replace. And how they do that, not sure about that yet. There haven't been too many rumours. But interesting that they seem to be linked with a lot of RZ players. I wonder how many of that uh, RZ squad will be destroyed this summer. Do you think many are going to stay, Mike? Because we, we talk about this a lot, don't we? Like how many RZ players are going to be leaving and moving on. But surely they're going to be tempted by that lure of Champions League football. I think so. Yeah, you definitely hope so. Um, you've seen basically all their big players be linked to it moves away. Um, Bordeaux recently with AC Milan. Good miners with likes of Everton. Ace Man again, and um, and, and Bezo to, to Ajax. But I'd, I'd hope that a lot of them are still very raw. I think Stengs and Boadou could really do with another season in the Eredivisie. And the prospect of Champions League football for them would be would be great. Um, I guess it depends on, for me, how the season starts and how these Champions League qualifiers take place. Because if they take place later on, and the transfer window is closed, and I think you'll see them all staying. But if they take place before the transfer window closes, and AZ get a really hard draw, and eventually, hope, fingers crossed they don't, but they get knocked out of Europe, then I think a couple of them might go. Um, which is a shame, because I think that this AZ side is, is on the cusp of something great. They could have won the title this year. Um, another year they could have challenged again. I think we're definitely going to see at least one or two of them go. I think Adrissi will go. Um, 
but I think you'll see somebody like Tabuni from the academy step up to replace him. Um, but whether he any other ones go, I'm surprised that Frederick Midsole doesn't get linked for more clubs because he's had an outstanding campaign and he's really underrated. But yeah, I'm hoping that a lot of them stay, but it all depends on whether they actually get that Champions League qualification, which has got to be tough because they're not going to be seeded and they're going to have to go for two rounds and they're going to have to face a big side. Um, I don't think there's going to be a lot of funds there to to improve the squad um, over the summer as well. I don't think they're going to add one or two players. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be tough for them if they do get knocked out of Europe to keep all their star players. Yeah, that is true. You could see the, some of their star players leaving in January, I suppose, once the um, the qualifiers are all done. And if I do get knocked out, they have the option of leaving in January. We've got a lot to to sort of speculate on um, until the season does get going again, because of course it may not and on September the 1st. Um, another question from Graham. He asked a couple to do with, one to do with Van der Beek and the other one to do with Eric Ten Hag. I think the first one we should look at is which club do you think Donny van der Beek will suit best? Uh, he's, he's, he's been rumoured, of course, in the past with Real Madrid. I, mean, I personally think he would suit a club in England, Mike. For example, um, Tottenham, that midfield role might well suit him um, down to a tee. Yeah, um, I think Real Madrid right now is is a, a big step for him. It's a big pressure. Um, it'd be tough for him, especially if like the rumours are true and Zidane's not really a, a major fan. I think he's he's always wanted Pogba, and it's that's probably why the, the transfer hasn't been announced already, is because Zidane's not the one that's pushing for us. I think a, a team in England um, would suit him best, but you always run the risk of him getting compared again to, to David Klaassen. You know, he's, he's had that comparison all his career. I think he's a better player than David Klaassen. I think he'd succeed more in England. Um, but then the pressure would be there, especially since he's been linked to Everton. I saw, once I put that on, on Twitter, that a few Everton fans were like, oh, no, not another David Klaassen. Um, which I think is unfair because he's a much better player. Um, the one against me, most excited, personally, as a Newcastle United fan, is him coming to, to Newcastle. I think he'd be great for us if, if this takeover goes through and you know Newcastle become a club that's going to be pushing for the Champions League and he could be a, one of the star players for a side like that. Um, but yeah, I think a, a move to a Real Madrid or a Man United right now would be a bit too soon. I think he should go the Wijnaldum route and go for another step before going to a Real Madrid. Um, so yeah, like a Newcastle, Everett and Tottenham. Um, yeah, they'd be the, the clubs I'd be looking out for. Him. I know you're a Newcastle fan, Mike, but I wouldn't put uh, Newcastle in the same bracket as Tottenham. <laughs> Very optimistic. <laughs> um, I knew the question that Graham asked was to do with Ericsson Haag and whether he would stay for another season at Ajax. We, I think we both agreed that this would be his final season with Ajax. But now, like just like Neres, I suppose... Has his career been put back a year by what's happened and could he stay a bit longer? In my opinion, I think he might stay uh, until a club might want him. I wonder if Ajax might loosen what they do with Ten Hag because they might always have said, well, you leave at the end of a season, you don't leave in the middle of a season. But I wonder if that could be altered slightly uh, with regards to going into next season. Yeah, I think he he's quite lucky in some regards that the season's ended because... Ajax weren't doing that great for the season 
he ended and if they had lost the title to AZ, um, it might have damaged his reputation a little outside of the Netherlands. Um, I think that he was pinning his hopes on Bayern Munich, but Bayern Munich have extended the contract to their coach um, and he isn't going anywhere, so the club that Ten Hag wanted to go to isn't there. Um, and the options probably for this summer aren't going to be to his liking. So yeah, I think that Ten Hag's going to be there at the start of next season. Whether he, he has a great start to next season, um, Ajax top of the league, into the Champions League doing well, then he becomes again in the picture of some of the biggest clubs. But right now I think that he's definitely nailed on to, to the Ajax coach at the start of next season. Um, you know, Ajax probably have a contingency plan if he goes, who, who steps in. Um, but right now, I think that he's going to be there because I don't think there's a club for him right now. Yeah, a lot of clubs won't be keen to sack their managers suddenly after all of what's happened um, because, of course, there could be multiple factors as to why a club might not be performing. So I think you might see a, a little bit more patience from the top clubs in Europe towards their managers um, at the beginning of the return of football. Uh, so yet and Haar could be hanging around a bit longer, which is a positive for Dutch football. But of course, if you watched last season with Ajax, it just weren't the same kind of club, despite the fact that they had most of the same squad as the season before when they performed so well. So questions could still be asked there of Ten Hag. Going into the Eredivisie team of the season then, Mike, I've got my team here, and I know you put yours on Twitter already. I might have put mine in there as well. Uh, I wonder if we have some differences. And for me, at least, I found that there was like a... an, an there were far too many right-wingers, yet again, to choose from in the area of his It seems that like every year there's not enough centre-backs to choose from and there are far too many right-wingers. Uh, should, we, should we go for, for goalkeeper and back four, first of all? I've gone for Andre Anana in goal and a back four of Tagliafico, Blint, Cope Miners and Zayfalk. And I've chosen Cope Miners because he played a lot of a season at centre-back, and it also allowed me to um, overload my team of midfielders that I thought played really well this season. Blint, because of the comeback that he made from his uh, heart condition, uh, but also he played really well in the absence of Delict. Tagliafico, for me, um, has been has had one up over Vindal this season, but again, he's, just, he's played very well um, at a high level. And Zayfout from Koningen because I think that he deserves a recognition for an outstanding season over Arzad Svensson, who has always been consistent at a high level. I think Zayfak now deserves a chance for abroad. And the goalkeeper, I'm, I'm, I reckon you've probably gone for Bizo, Mike, haven't you? Because Anana, for me, um, is the best goalkeeper in the league, but Bizo perhaps has had the more impressive season. Yeah, for me, Bizo, in goal. Um, he had loads of clean sheets for his head. He was... Fantastic in the games against Ajax, um, home and away. He's outshone Anana for me. I think Anana's made a couple of mistakes throughout the season, whereas Bezo has been, you know, sensational throughout. You know, there's that time we had a red card and he missed a couple of games, um, and he's had looked very shaky without him. So that just proves his importance to the to the club. Um, yeah, he deserves so much more credit than what he's getting. I've said before that he should be given his first Netherlands cap and um, I'd like to see him given a chance by Ronald Koeman because he is that good and yeah I want to see it um, but yeah he's my goalkeeper um, my back four is slightly different I've gone Vindal left back I think he's been a revelation for this, se this season at AZ I think we all know what Tiger Fico is capable of um, I don't think he's had an amazing season um, whereas I think Vindal has been 
excellent phrase Ed, I've gone for Zephyuk, same as you, um, but my centre-back partnership are, are different, I've gone for Sanese at Feyenoord, I think he's been an excellent signing since Dick Advert came in, he's been an absolute rock at the back. Um, and one of the main reasons why you know, they were unbeaten because he looks like a sensational signing was Rumours of already leaving this summer because there's a lot of clubs interested in him. No wonder because he's he's a top player. Um, and I've gone for a home, and I think that Villam Tway deserve a lot of credit for the season that they've had. Um, and Holman has been an excellent signing for him. I think they picked him up in a free in the summer, and he's taken to the to the busy so well. And I think he deserves a lot of credit for his performances at the back for Villam Tway. I don't think that any other centre backs have excelled too much. Um, Blind has looked rocky at times for for Ajax, even after his um, recovery from his, his condition. Um, and I can't really think of any other centre-backs I went with with Holman because I think that Willem Tway deserves a place in my, my team of the, the season and he gets it. I totally agree on the Willem Tway point. And I, I in on, on Twitter, actually, there was a, a good um, sort of competitive tweet and it said I'll oh, put put out your team of the season from the Eredivisie it didn't include players from final PSV Ajax and RZ and Holman made my team for that one and I, yeah I do agree I, I had to try and find a way to represent Villantoy in my team I haven't actually got one of their players in my squad well in my starting 11 anyway it's so hard to choose outstanding individual players from Villantoy and, and I think Holman's perhaps as far as you would go in saying that um, Holman and, and Peters the two centre-backs uh, Villantoy have been very good this season, very consistent. But individually, I found it hard to pick one out to put him into my team. But on a team basis, yeah, I think Villantoy have been brilliant. Brilliant season, and they fully deserve their Europa League place. Uh, as for Vindal, yeah, a very good season. And perhaps by my logic of choosing Zofak over Svensson, I should have chosen Vindal over Tagliafico. But it was a very close decision. Um, I did actually find this team of the season more difficult to choose this season than perhaps have in recent years, uh, apart from centre-backs, because I think centre-backs have always been at a premium in the Dutch league. Going into midfield, I've come for a 4-3-3 formation, so I'm going to have to choose three midfielders, I think, now to to sort of put forward. And, and I know that two of these play in the right wing usually, but I had to put them into midfield so I could recognise the season they've had. I don't think we need to talk about Hakim Ziyech. I think we talk about him enough over the years. He has been brilliant for Ajax. Um, I've put Micho in midfield from RZ because he is the end dream of that midfield for RZ. And I think that when they were missing him through injury, RZ weren't as um, comfortable in possession. He's so key to how they can keep the ball, but also move it forward and then win it back uh, when RZ play the press. Micho is, is is like so, so core to that that process of regaining possession. And Cope Minus is also important in that. But when he's put in centre-back, um, a lot of reliance is placed on Micho to get the ball back and then play it forward. They got knocked out of Europe um, when they were missing him in midfield. So I think that you could just see how important he's been this season. And I've put um, Ihatadan in attacking midfield because of how, well, how, how much of an outstanding season he's had for PSV. And he's my only PSV player I've chosen in my entire squad because that's how good he's been in that poor PSV team. He's the reason why they've scored so many goals. Um, yeah, that's why I'm midfield anyway. And I look forward to giving my front three in just a moment. 
I, I think that, yeah, it was hard to choose other midfielders. I know that Paul Yonk has had a great season for Willem Tway, but I didn't want to put him in over, say, Ziyech, who I do think still deserves recognition despite being chosen in these squads year after year. Yeah, um, that's a good midfield. Um, it's always one of the ones I was looking at, but I've gone for, for Coop Miners in my midfield. Um, that's his natural position for me. He's had an outstanding campaign. Like, for me, he doesn't get enough credit for what he's done this season. I think that the front three take all the credit and even Bezo and Vindal get seem to get more recognition than what Coop Miners is getting. Um, you know, it annoys me in the English media recently that he was linked to moves to England, but they're looking at fees around... 15 to 20 million. I mean, I think AZ would be absolutely insane to sell him at that price because he's worth so much more than that. Um, I know what of his goals are penalties, and he's you know, he's the one that you'd rely on if you had a penalty um, in the 90th minute to, to score it. But yeah, every, everything about his game is leadership, his passing ability, his, his tenacity, everything. His game is so good. Um, and I can't wait to see him make his debut for, for the Netherlands. Um, he's had an outstanding campaign, and yeah, he. Totally deserves his, his place in both our teams this season. Um, ahead of him, yeah, Ziyech. You know, it's going to be a shame not seeing him in the Eredivisie next season, but we just need to enjoy the fact that we had him for so many years because he could have left four or five years ago. He's that good. Um, uh, Chelsea have got themselves a great player. Um, so, yeah, he's in Mammoth Field, and I've gone the same with you, I Hatterin. You know, for such a young player to have such a key role for PSV is it's outstanding. and. Yeah, he looks like he's going to be a sensational player in the future um, for Netherlands and PSV, and it's going to be a struggle for him to keep hold of him in the next couple of years. He isn't the only PSV player I've gone with because there's somebody up front that I think that if he had stayed fit, PSV would have been more of a title challenge. But yeah, I think um, I had to and definitely deserves a place in this side ahead of any, any other attacking midfielders because he's had such a sensational campaign at such a young age. He's so important and he's definitely played his player this season and I really look forward to seeing him next year as well under Roger Schmidt because I think he's going to be a great coach for the club and uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what PSV can do next season. So am I actually because Schmidt's going to be taking players such as Marlon um, Hattarlan and Dumf- Dumfries will still be there as captain. And you've got all these young players coming through. You've got Gloucester, who could, could make his debut. Madueke, who's already been making some appearances from the bench. Lots of young players in that PSV team. So they can be excited next season. My front three, then, I'm guessing yours includes Marlon, Mike. But I've gone with Dessas as the main striker. For me, he deserved to be top goal scorer in the Eredivisie this season. I know how to share the prize. But he has scored the goals that have kept uh, Heracles out of the relegation pitch completely. I think they would have been in big trouble had they not had him. He's been a very good lone striker as well. It's not the fact that he's been given tap-ins. He had to make a lot of those goals for himself. He has been the ultimate poacher, but also a very good advance forward in the way that he makes runs. He bullies defenders. He can make room for a shot. He has really developed his game in the last year, and, and he should be very impressed with the season that he's had. Because he's not 21, 22, he's 25, and that, that, that just means that he has had to change his game so much to become reliable for Heracles. And it's a shame that he couldn't succeed at Utrecht um, playing the way that he has this season. I, I then found it very hard to leave out Marin Boadou, who has been excellent for RZ. So I've given him a, a berth on the left wing. And it, again, this whole team for me, it was just a way of fitting in my 
favourite best players of this season rather than put them in their true positions. So Boadu's been the wing because I had to put him there. Um, I know he's been playing this season as a, as a lone striker, but again, he, his technical ability um, has been has been brilliant to, to watch and he will be a top, top player for um, a big European club in his career. And on the right wing, I had to go with Berkhaus. Um, I don't think I need to speak too much about him because we all know how good he is off the right wing, cutting in, scoring goals, being important for Feyenoord. I know he hasn't been um, at 100% the whole season, but name me a player who's always 100% there and playing their best every single match. Yeah, Berkhaus for me deserves to be in that front three. And I'll be interested to see who you've gone with, Mike. Um, is Marlon the only change? Yes, he is. Um, when I put this team on, on Twitter, I got some stick for leaving out um, for Dessers. But for me, I went with a front three that I've enjoyed watching the most of the season. And I don't think you can argue with the fact that if Donya Malin had stayed fit, he would have been their division's top score, goal scorer by far. I think with him on the side, um, they would have qualified out the European group. It would have been a bigger title challenge. He was scoring goals left, right and centre before he got injured. <clears throat> he was impressing for the Netherlands. He was he was basically on course to be the striker of the season for me um, until he got injured and rolled out for the rest of the campaign and missed a lot of games. For me, he, before he got injured, would have been the striker that I would have went out for team of the season. And I've, I've kept him in there because he was sensational and he's such an exciting talent for... And everyone's, I think Des is, yeah, he did a great job. He's got to go to, for Heracles and he, has, he is going to earn a move abroad this year. Um, he's going to debut for Nigeria and he's going to get a big move, which is great for him. Um, but I've enjoyed watching Malin more so he gets a place on my side. Um, Boadu, as you said, excellent striker. He's had a, an amazing campaign. Um, I think a lot of people would have had doubts about him after you know two serious injuries if he come back. And do the business and I think have been proved proved right that he is a sensational player. He's been one that everyone's been looking out for since he was 15, 16 and he's proved it this year that he's, he's a top talent and um, he's a man for the big occasion. He scored home and away against Ajax in those wins and he scored against PSV, he scored against Feyenoord. He was always the one that got the goals when AZ needed them and yeah, he deserves a place on his side. Um, he's still very young. I hope he doesn't make a move that's too above him this summer. I hope he stays next season as well and keeps scoring goals because I think if he stays next season, works on his finishing a little, then he could easily be a 30-goal season striker for me. And yeah, Berkus, if you asked me in January my team of the season, he wouldn't have been in it um, under Yapstam. I don't think any Feyenoord player would have been in it under Yapstam. I think the club was totally short of confidence. But since Advocat came in, um, Berkus you know, became captain and... Yeah, he's been sensational since then. He's been probably there the busy player of the season since January, um, since the turn of the year. Um, and yeah, he's, he led that team to, to why they were so unbeaten in those campaigns and the, the results they got were mainly due to his performances. And I think he deserves that right wing slot. I've been quite outspoken about him playing for Netherlands, saying that I don't really want to see him in there, but judged on the performances, Towards the end of the campaign, yeah, he deserves a slot. He deserves a chance to shine for for everyone's going forward as well. Um, again, he's a player that he's, he's getting older. He wants to go abroad again, but I really hope he stays at Feyenoord because if this if this team can 
stay together over the summer with Advocate in charge, then I can see them challenging for the, the title next year. It could be a very, very exciting title race with four clubs that could all go for it. Yeah, it is exciting prospect ahead of that. Burkhouse himself came out in the media and said that he isn't um, jumping the gun and really, really needs to go abroad. I think he'll probably wait and listen to the offers that come in uh, for him. But it doesn't mean he's going to be leaving. Um, not quite as likely as it could have been um, six months ago anyway. He's impressed with how Avocat has high expectations of the players and the club and that they should be achieving. They could do something in Europe next year and they could indeed, yeah, challenge for the title. Uh, have you got any honourable mentions, Mike? I think I might take this opportunity to talk up for Tunis Sittard's uh, Mark Demons because of how important he's been to the club this year. I think he deserves um, a, brew, a move higher up the area of his or perhaps to um, uh, a, a high, high club in Germany's second division or something like that. I think he's got the ability to play at a high level. Uh, Joey Veerman, a good midfielder for Hillenvain, um, who, of course, has much much uh, potential. He could go and play for a fine order in RZ. He could, be, he could be the replacement, potentially, for a Coke Miners, for example, if RZ received some funds. And my manager of the season, Dick Lekeen. I chose him last season. I'm choosing him again this season. FC Emmen had a brilliant final uh, three months, four months of the campaign that was. And I really look forward to seeing how they can get on next season because that club is not an Eredivisie club. It's an Erste Divisie club that have been promoted and are now starting to grow um, and get some really, really good players. They're not full of young players, but they, what they have got has been coached exceptionally well to achieve what they've done. They didn't end up in relegation trouble. They ended up comfortable mid-table. Um, and yeah, I've just been really impressed and, and Lequeen deserves all the credit. It's considering they've come all the way from that defeat at Ajax where they, had, uh, where they celebrated with beer in their in their team bus after the match because they the fact that they got to play Ajax they've come from that to now where they look a, a really good area to busy outfit yeah I think there are all good choices um for me Arnie Slot would be my manager season hands down I think what he's done with AZ this season has been incredible but I think Dick Lequeen has always done a fantastic job the past two seasons um Never want to be hands to Koning and what he's done since he took charge of Bede Bay as well. I think he did really well. Um, some players, I think you mentioned Joey Veerman, excellent prospect. He's going to get a move this summer, maybe to Feyenoord. Um, Brian Owenson, he's sensational as always for, for the test. And we'll see where he goes. Again, it looks like Feyenoord. Other players, um, a lot of people say Calvin Stengs, Adrissi, should have been in team of the season. Both of them had great campaigns. Um, I think who who has um yeah Jarano Kirk um had an excellent season for Utrecht. He's he's a sort of player for me that he rides a lot on pace and he gets the goals, but he's added finishing to that. And I can see him at a Championship Club in England. That's where I think he's going to be heading either that or a mid-table Bundesliga side. I think that he's had an excellent. Campaign and a couple of ones that Fortuna Sittard as well, um, Passlack, the left back, had a great campaign um, on loan from Borussia Dortmund. And up front, Cease as well, a 21 year old striker. He looks a very interesting prospect. Um, he got a few goals before the season ended, um, so we'll see him. 
next season how he can do. Yeah, there's always players that when you name team of the season, there's going to be a lot that get missed out. Big if you look at Willem Tway especially, Ndiyashimi had a outstanding campaign in midfield, Jay Nunnally as well. So yeah, there's a lot of players that excelled in their division this season and for clubs that maybe outside the top four that all deserve a mention. Um, Mitchell van Bergen as well, Derenveen, he's such a top prospect. So yeah, um, a lot, a lot of um, impressive players this season. It's hard to pick a team of the year, but I think um, I'm very happy with my choices. And yeah, your team's great as well. So yeah, it was really hard to pick this year, uh, and I think that all the names we had to just mention there, and a couple more as well. Martinez had a good season with Ajax, considering he started it so poorly. Um, Tadic could have been put in there. He still scores loads of goals and is important to Ajax. Uh, Eduke from Hedenveen. So again, many more players we could have put into this. But I, I, I'm happy with my choices as well. I had to go with the best players rather than the best player in each position. Um, and it turned out okay. Uh, Mike, thank you. It's been a, a good long podcast after a bit of a break from us. And I'm sure that we'll come back with more content in future. But it's a very strange situation at the moment, isn't it? And we just hope that we get some more positive news from for Dutch football and that it could return on September the 1st with a good solution as well to many of the clubs who are still hurting. Yeah, I think that Dutch government have made a, a good decision. You know, health comes first. Um, we're all football fans. We all want to get their division back as, as soon as possible and we all want the fans in the stadiums. But right now it's not possible. And we'll see what happens in... You know, Germany next week when they resume, um, I think they're taking a risk. I think some of their players have already, for some of the clubs, have already contracted it by being back together um, and training. Um, so we'll see how that goes. If everything goes fine and, you know, there's no issues, then you're going to see the likes of the Premier League, Syria, maybe, um, La Liga all come back and then that's going to make us miss the Eredivisie even more. But yeah, I think the Dutch government's made the right decision um, to postpone it to September 1st to hope that we do get the Eredivisie back and back to normal as soon as possible and we're going to start enjoying football again because that's what we're all missing. We're all missing watching it and talking about it. Um, we've missed out on a great title race this season. Hopefully there's another one next year and then just can't wait to get back to, to seeing the everyone's in action again as well because you know, they're the games that I look forward to most at the moment because that side's so exciting that, that Ronald Koeman's made and yes, yeah, it's, it's a shame that we're going to miss out on the Euros this year, but I think that um, next year we've even got an even better chance of winning it. So hopefully get football back as soon as possible and start enjoying it again. Agreed, Mike. That was a great way to end this podcast and look forward to recording another one soon. Thanks everyone for listening. Make sure to give this podcast a like if you've made it to the end and subscribe if you're new. Thank you. Get it back up! Get it back up! Yeah! 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 That is he! Yeah! Yeah! Daar is Klaassen, goal!